Welcome to Inside the Match, where Alex and Simone talk residency applications. We are two residents here to help you navigate the match. For each podcast, we'll bring you residents from various specialties and backgrounds to give advice. So today we are super excited to have Madison, who is a family medicine resident. So thanks so much for joining us. It's awesome to be here. I'm, I'm really glad we connected on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, so which is the coolest thing and what's most important for everyone is that they need to get on social media. Absolutely. I think that's true. And I actually randomly, I did get an interview through social media, through Twitter. Someone saw me and they were like, hey, we want you to interview. So definitely social media is great. Well, that is the coolest thing. So speaking of residency, where are you a resident and what year are you within family medicine? So yeah, I'm a family medicine resident. Um, I'm the chief resident. So I'm a third year resident at St. Joseph's um, in Syracuse, New York this year. And we know that your school didn't have AOA or Gold Humanism, but let's talk about some other things that led to your application within family medicine. Were you president of your family medicine specialty club? No, I was not the president. Um, I was in the club um, and I was in the sports medicine club, but I wasn't the president of either of those things. Were you involved in any family medicine research during medical school? Nope. Um, I didn't do any research and I don't regret it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are a lot of family medicine programs and sometimes it can be overwhelming for an applicant when looking at programs to apply, whether that be community or academic or in various geographic locations. So do you have any recommendations for applicants when narrowing down the number of programs and the places that they apply? Definitely. I think, um, so the first thing, speaking from my own experience, I'm a Canadian and I needed a visa and I also have an IMG. So those two things right there, if you're either of those things, need a visa or an IMG, you got to filter out a lot of programs. So that's where I would start. Doing that takes a lot of work, but it's worth it because you can save yourself a lot of money um, (laughs) if you don't waste applications on programs that don't even look at you. But family medicine, I think in general is really, it's, it's a different specialty in that it's so broad right? So if you're applying to family medicine programs, what I would recommend is doing a lot of soul searching before you even apply and try to envision what kind of career you see for yourself. You know, are you someone who's interested in clinic medicine? Do you like hospital medicine? Do you like, you know, doing obstetrics? Because that will really shape and guide what you're looking for in a family medicine program. And I think that that can be hard to do. (laughs) So if you're not sure yet, go broad, go to a program that offers all those things. But if you are sure, that can help narrow it down. Um, The one thing that I think a lot of applicants don't know the difference between is opposed programs and unopposed programs. And for family medicine in particular, I think that unopposed programs are really great because what unopposed program means is that you are the only program at the whole hospital. So for me, St. Joe's, we're unopposed. That means we're the only residents in the whole hospital. So if there's a baby to deliver, I get to deliver it. If there is a, um, you know, someone in the ED that needs a procedure, I get to do it. And you're not kind of fighting off other residents to do those things where you might do that in an opposed program. And I think that that's something really important for family med because it helps you build those experiences. And along with that, you're looking at, you know, a rural versus an urban program, that's really going to shape your experience in a totally different way. And another thing is inpatient versus outpatient focus. Some programs really don't do a lot of inpatient and some programs do a lot of inpatient. Our program at St. Joe's, we do a lot of inpatient, turn some people off. But in my opinion, 
if you can be an inpatient doctor, you can be an outpatient doctor. So some of those things are things to think about when you're considering where to go. And then of course, special interests, right? Family medicine, you can do fellowships in obstetrics, sports medicine, palliative care, emergency. So if you've got a niche interest, looking at programs that have a fellowship available or have extra opportunities, that's important to think about before you even apply, I think. Well, those are really important tips, especially when thinking about opposed versus unopposed in terms of the experiences that you will get at those institutions. So when trying to determine if a program is unopposed versus opposed when applying, where do you seek out that information? Yeah, so typically you're able to go, I mean, I know a lot of people use Frida as sort of their their home base to, to even find programs, but Once you go into the program websites, usually family medicine programs will advertise, in my experience, that they are unopposed because um, unopposed, I think, in my opinion, is the way to go. Um, And if you're not sure, you can click around and say, hey, does this program have any other, you know, competing residencies? Um, But it's fairly easy information to find. Well, let's say that we've applied to the programs and we get interviews and we all know that family medicine physicians tend to be super nice, or at least that's from my experience, (laughs) but we do know that some interviews can be stressful. So do you have any recommendations in order to prepare for family medicine interviews? Definitely. And I think I I approach this sort of in, in two sort of mindsets. The first is that, of course, I went through the interview process, so I have that experience. And now as, you know, one of the chief residents, I I do a lot of interviews on kind of the other side. So I think about my own experience and I think about what I see from applicants and what works well. So what I would say to prepare, this is obvious advice and everyone says it, but you got to be yourself. People get so anxious, so nervous before interviews. And of course we do, but you have to be yourself because you really are trying to see if you fit in as yourself at these programs. Um, So if you go in kind of trying to be something you're not, or trying to, you know, be somebody you're not, you're not going to get a full experience. Along with that, some more practical tips um, would be, I think it's important to work backwards. Um, So think about yourself and think about aspects of your personality or, you know, character traits that you have that you want to showcase and think backwards and say, you know, what are some stories or experiences in my life that I can use to highlight those or showcase that part of my personality in a way that the interviewers will understand. So I think thinking of a couple of anecdotes that you can use to sort of answer a couple of different questions is very helpful. And I also think you should, I don't know if other people have this advice, but I don't think you should do your highest stakes interview first. You know, if you've got a dream program, I would probably do that interview towards the middle of your interview season, because the first one might be a little clunky. As you go through interview season, you're going to start to fall into your rhythm, know what you need to say, you know, find sort of your, your flow of, of things. And if you do that interview first, it just might not go as well as you think. And if you do it last... Uh, you might be totally burnt out and over the whole thing. (laughs) So I would kind of put that in the middle. And the other thing that I I, I really experienced as an interviewer that I think is really, really important and people probably don't do enough of is researching the program in advance. You know, once you get the interview, typically, you know, places will email out a welcome packet or, you know, point you towards their social media or their website. And I think it really helps you as the applicant to thoroughly research the program because it helps you ask a lot of questions and get more information out of the interview process. And as an interviewer, it helps me to know that, hey, this person's really serious about the program. Um, You know, they've done their research, they're asking good questions. So I think that is something that's very easily doable um, and can really help you stand out. And the other thing I think as an interviewer is I really like when um, applicants are able to just 
chat about themselves. Um, if you are someone who is like really um, talkative and say, hey, you know, I really like hiking or I love to cycle or whatever, that helps me as the interviewer kind of glom onto something and say, oh my gosh, she loves to cycle. Well, guess what? Here at Syracuse, me and all my residents are obsessed with Peloton and it just offers a way to like connect and also share stuff about the program you might not have thought of before. So those are some of my practical-ish tips, I think. Those are great tips. I love the ones in regards to thinking about anecdotes and experiences that will allow you to answer questions more with ease because you want to also allow the interviewer to remember you. And those are easy ways in which they can recall what you discussed within that interview. And so you talked about uh, the inner workings of an interview and being the interviewer as a chief resident. So let's go deep into your brain to figure out some of the common questions that that you received or that you would ask on an interview to someone and then some hard or unique questions that you might ask as a chief resident when we go into the application season this fall. Yeah, definitely. So I'm um, thinking about the common questions that I would have gotten. Um, I think we all get this question a million times over is tell me about yourself. It's not really a question, but just a prompt. Tell me about yourself. And people have so much anxiety with this question. And I think as an interviewer, when I ask this, what I'm looking for is something to connect with you about. Like I said before, like if you <laughs> are able just to provide a couple cool things about your life that I can connect with you on, that helps me remember you. That helps me highlight things about the program. You know, so if I was at answering that question, I'd say, you know, my name's Madison. I'm from Canada. I went to med school in the Caribbean. I went to Ross. Um, I love to play ice hockey, you know, sort of just casual conversational things. But people get really stressed out about that question. You don't need to really tell your whole life story. Just keep it casual. And I think for family medicine specifically, the, the big question you're going to get asked, and I definitely ask this question, is why do you want to do family medicine? And this is an important question as an interviewer, because unfortunately, I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people apply to two specialties and, and the match um, has a lot of problems. And this is one of them um, that people feel the need to apply to two specialties and family medicine is often, uh, you know, a backup specialty. So as an interviewer, I'm really looking to, to see in that question, is this seriously something that you want to do or is it more of a backup plan? So I would be prepared to answer that question. And I, it doesn't have to be, you know, a big sob story or something very dramatic about why you love family medicine. But be honest, you know, for me, I love family medicine because I love the variety. I love to talk to people. Um, I love that my career can take me wherever I want. I think, I think definitely I would be prepared to answer that question. And then what about some other questions that might have been more unique? Like, do you ever ask about people's superpowers or uh, other things that may seem a little bit strange, but are a great way to get to know someone? I don't, <laughs> but I definitely was asked some of those questions. Um, I think the most random thing I was ever asked was to write a creative story, which I had no idea how to do because I'm a scientist, not a <laughs> but the, the two thinking back the two hardest questions or I have been asked to talk about something that you're proud of um, and I think that was really difficult because we never want to brag about ourselves but that one kind of threw me for a loop when I was on the interview trail I was like oh my gosh I'm not you know what have I done I haven't done anything and the other question that I I know some people get asked is, and I was asked to talk about something really challenging that you've overcome. I think that's a hard question because it's, I know some people, you know, I've spoken with 
how honest are you in that in that question answer? Um, you know, if you if you're someone who you know, for example, failed a step exam or had to repeat a course or something, that's probably one of the hardest things you've had to overcome. Certainly in your academic career, is that something that you want to share with the interview interview team? And that's I mean, that's a personal choice for sure. But things like that are definitely something that I think about um, as being my hardest questions to answer. And interviews can be overwhelming when you're trying to figure out what you want to do with all the information that you've received during this exhausting day. So how did you differentiate all of that information that you learned from all the program interview days? And what do you recommend someone do to make it so that things are organized when they're coming to make their rank list at the end of interview season? Yeah, this is so hard. And I think every every person, you know, is going to have some, one or two things that are their number one most important features in a program. And then what I did and what I recommend people to do is really think about those. Again, do your research before you have your interview. That's going to help you get more out of the interview. Um, And when you come home from the interview, I would take 10 minutes. I know you don't want to because you're tired, but force yourself to take the 10 minutes, open up a Word document on your your computer or your phone or something, and just jot down a couple of notes. Um, The pros of the program, the things you like, the things you did not like, the questions you still have, Um, because that is definitely going to help you, you know, in February, when you're making your rank list to remember the nuances of the program, I would definitely take the time to do that. And what about when you're trying to make your rank list, what played a role in your decision when looking at where to rank the residency programs that you interviewed at? Yeah, this is something it's, it's so personal and so different for everyone, because like I said, people have such, you know, everyone's going to have that number one or number two thing they're looking for in a program. And my philosophy on this personally is that I I really feel like for family medicine, for any resident maybe, but for family medicine, our ACGME, you know, the governing body really sets out the requirements for residency pretty clearly. So what that means is that your training is going to be pretty similar wherever you go. Um, So to me, the difference was the people. I really felt strongly and I really feel strongly that the best the thing that defines your residency is the people that you are surrounded with. And and that includes the program director, the faculty, the other residents, you know, people like um, the program coordinator who can, you know, make or break your residency experience. And so to me, that was what I was looking for. And I call it the vibes, you know, I wanted a good vibes. Um, But that was what I was looking for, because I want a program where I can call someone at 3am with a question and be supported in that decision. If I have a, you know, a really hard, difficult patient, um, I can debrief that with my teammates after. And that was the single most important thing to me. So I, I really think that's important. And I think on your interview day, it's important to really try to suss that out because like I said, ACGME kind of requires you have X many weeks of OB, you know, whatever, but it's the people that make or break the program. And then the other thing I really considered, and people make fun of me for this is the size of the program, family medicine, sometimes Programs are very small. You know, I interviewed at a place that had three residents total, uh, one per year. <laughs> and I wanted a program that had more opportunities for friendship. So my program, we have 15 uh, residents a year. And I think that's awesome because it just means there's a, a huge group of people you can hang out with. Someone's always available to like be your friend. <laughs> and I think that's really important. And so when you're trying to find these good vibes, you end up putting programs at the top of your list and you may have that dream program as your number one and then your number two and number three. So I'm wondering if you send letters of interest or intent to some of the top programs on your list at the end of ranking season. 
So yeah, I definitely did do that. Um, you know, I did an, an audition rotation at uh, my program where I ended up matching. So it was my first choice. And, and I did email the program director and say, hey, you know, I, <laughs> I really love this program. And I think it can certainly help you know, being on the flip side um, and seeing, you know, sort of the after interview process, I think that getting that, um, getting those emails, getting, you know, word from people that, hey, we are really interested in your program certainly does not hurt you. And it, I think it will help you. The only thing I will say to that is be honest, because, you know, we do, have, we do have sometimes people who email out and they'll say, yeah, I definitely want to rank your program. And then we find out they matched to anesthesia or something. And I think that that's, you don't need to do that. So I would only, if you've got a couple, you know, your, your top one or two choices, certainly email them, but you don't need to do that for all 15 programs you interview at sort of thing. And I think that brings up a good point that medicine is small and that people are aware of what you actually end up doing in regards to specialty or in regards to program that you end up at. So it's very important to be honest and transparent through this process because we are a community of physicians and you never know who's going to be your future administrative boss. Absolutely. And so you have provided us so many tips in order to thrive throughout this entire family medicine application and interview process. Are there any other tips that you would like to offer about this entire journey? Yeah, I think, you know, someone gave me this advice and I thought it was good advice, hard to implement at the time, but I think it's good advice. Um, going through medical school, you know, the whole journey, the whole four years, the application process, getting ERAS ready to go, the whole mindset we have as applicants is, you know, I'm desperate for an interview, basically, right? You're so anxious and afraid to get an interview. You're working so hard. I think it's important to remember that once you get that interview, you got to try to switch your mindset because once we, you know, once we give you an interview, that means we chose you. We want you to come to our program. So that should hopefully give you some confidence and you should walk into the interviews you've got with a little bit of, you know, Hey, they chose me. I'm awesome. I need to go into this and think about what I actually want now rather than, Oh my gosh, I, I'll take any interview again. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you go in with the mindset of, hey, these people want me, that's going to help you really evaluate if you want them and help you to make a, a good decision for yourself in a long-term commitment to a program that you actually enjoy rather than just panicking and, and, and sort of being desperate for anything, if that makes sense. And as we talked about all of the stress that goes along with an interview day, if you think about it in the way that you described, you relieve some of that anxiety and you can just be yourself, which is optimal towards figuring out which program you are a good match for and which one you get really great vibes from. So I think it really brings everything together from what you've described about how to select a program, how to make that program really fit what you are hopeful for in residency. Right, exactly. So Madison, you have shared with us so much about family medicine, but now one thing about you, can you share a fun fact about yourself totally unrelated to the field of medicine? Um, I think that the randomest fun fact I can think of is that last year I was in the top 1% of Taylor Swift listeners on Spotify. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is so cool. Well, you must enjoy the Taylor Swift then when it comes on Peloton. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have today with Madison. Thanks for joining us at Inside the Match. Special thanks to Kevin McCloyd for the music and be sure to follow or subscribe to our podcast. Catch our next podcast to learn more application tips and hear from another awesome resident or leader in medical education. 